0: Good morning. week? was weak. Good morning. Good morning, man. I'm sweaty up here from worship. I'm I'm just ready for us to be loud this morning. Can we just try that one more time? Good morning. Good morning. Uh, I'm fully awake. I think if you talk to me before church, I'm like always. I need coffee. I need coffee, and then worship happens, and it's better than coffee. I don't know. What, I don't know what happens there, but I'm awake. Um, So thankful this morning to get to stand and just talk about the Word of Jesus with you guys. If you have your Bible, you can flip open to John 17. John likes it because it's his name. Um, We're going to be in John 17 this morning, and I'm uh, just ready to dive into this. But before we do that, I'm just going to pray. I know you're like, we just did that. And maybe one day we won't pray twice, but that whole middle thing just gives me another shot at it. So, Father God, this morning, I thank you. God, I'm praying that you just move in this place. God, this morning, you move in me. God, I don't know if anybody else needs it this morning, but I need it. And um, God, I can't speak for them, but I can speak for me. And I just pray, God, that you just show up, God, in a way that it can't be anything else. God, it can't be my intellect. It can't be my power. It can't be my might. It's just you. Um, I don't have any of that stuff. And, um, God, if I try, I'm going to make a mess. So, I'm just praying, Jesus, that so You just pour out Your Spirit on this place, God, that if I can't even speak this morning because that's what You're doing, I'm good with it. It's not my plan or my agenda. It's just You. And, God, I pray this morning that You just move, um, God, and that all Your people will have... Eyes that are open, ears that are open, and hearts that are open to to see, hear, and receive what you have for us. So, God, this morning, we love you. We thank you. It's in your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Um, thank you for giving me a minute to reset. I get really excited sometimes in worship, and it's hard to come back from that. <laughs> um, so this morning, I just kind of gather my thoughts for a minute. But we're going to be in John 17, and we're going to start a new series this morning. Um, that series is called Come Together, right? It's good. I just, I wanted to have the Beatles song playing right now, but I didn't know how we'd feel about it. So I just left that out this morning, but um man, so excited about this new series. Um, just kind of a disclaimer before I get started for anybody who's maybe new or um, maybe this would be uncomfortable for. Um, there's nothing that I know uh, going on, so this is not aimed at anybody. So if you're like, oh, dang, um, just know today. Um, it's not about anybody. Um, this is just what God has for us, but we're going to talk about unity in the church for the next couple of weeks. Amen. Hallelujah. Yeah. Um, and I'm excited about it. And as I said a minute ago, it's not because there's any disunity that I know of. I don't think anybody's mad at anybody or trying to kill anybody or secretly putting stuff in the food in the back. I don't think there's anything going on like that. Um, now nobody's going to eat back there. Sorry, it's how my brain works. Um, sorry, Emily, but the food bill went down. Yeah. Um, but um, that's just how my brain works. There's something wrong with me, and you just have to forgive it, but um anyway we're going to talk about unity in the church the next few weeks and i'm really excited about it and um i know that maybe um some of you won't be as excited about it and and love you anyway um but god's just been pressing this kind of through the last little bit of the last series we talked and i, I love it i wish we could go back to that right about treasuring the treasure of heaven that jesus is the most important thing and if we'd wrap our lives around him that man everything else would just kind of figure itself out but as we were going through that um loving Jesus and treasuring Jesus, um, Jesus just started to speak to me about loving the church and treasuring the church. See, I know that maybe that's not what we think of when we think of church, right? It's not like, oh, I treasure that. And if you do, maybe it's not even what our definition of church would be. See, church is not a building. Um, it's, it's not. Um, if this place falls down we just have it outside, right? Church is not a building. Um it's good to have air. It's hot outside. Um Thank the Lord we're blessed, right? Like I was at I was at the water park yesterday, um it's a side note story and I was going down one of the um water slides and I was thinking, Jesus, thank you that you created fun <laughs> and and then um then I kinda flipped over there and I also thought, Man, what would the early church think of that? Right, like here I am out here evangelizing to myself on the water slide um, (laughs) while they were being persecuted. Um, So, you know, different. uh, (laughs) Sorry, the air conditioner thing got me there. Um, (laughs) My brain's messed up. I told you. But um, anyway, that's how I think in real life, too, not just up here, just in case you wondered. But um, Jesus loves the church. It's just reality. Like Jesus created the church. It was his idea. And by the way, it's, it's a good idea. He calls the church the bride of Christ. And I don't want to stand up here today and run down the bride of Christ because I don't think it's a very good thing to talk about Jesus' wife in a negative way. I will say today that the church has some negative things that it's brought on itself, right? Anybody very aware that there are problems in the church? Like, I am. Every church, right? Like, we created one. We created a church. We were like, let's just go start a church. Everything will be great there. And, and it's, it's not, right? It's just not. There's no perfect church. If you're still on the caravan for the perfect church, uh, you're going to die on that caravan um, because there's not one because churches are filled with people and people are not always like God. It's just reality today. And I'm aware that there are problems in the church. There are going to be problems in the church. There will always be problems as long as the church is on the planet because we're not perfect. We will be but today, I don't want to focus on all the problems of the church because I think it would way be a waste of time. We know the problems of the church. But I want to focus on what God has called the church to be for the next few weeks, what God says about the church, what God thinks about the church. And the, and the, and the mark, I think that God talks about the church most often is this idea of unity. And I think I have the definition of unity back there. It's a little, so I'm going to read it up here again. Um, unity is the state or quality of not being multiple but oneness see it's it's weird right like we're all a bunch of people but we're all supposed to be one that's difficult right you ever tried that at home everybody have the same ideas at home of what home should be like not unless you live alone right Everybody have the same ideas of like cleanliness and the same ideas of how you should do everything there and the same ideas of really even what you should eat. No, um, because we're all multiple and we have different personalities and thoughts and histories. But unity is this idea that we can take multiple and make it one, that we can be one. And that's what God talks about when he talks about the church. It's also a condition of harmony and it has this other word, accord. And basically what it just means is that we can get along I'm just going to wait till we get that. <laughs> Unity in the church is an idea that we can all get along. And we can take all the multiples, right? And all the different personalities and histories and backgrounds, and we can squish those all down, and then we can all get along. We have this condition of harmony. Jesus means for that to happen in the church. When Jesus thinks about the church, that's, that's what he thinks about. Not a bunch of people fighting over what color carpet we're going to have, because who cares, that's why we don't have carpet but people that can get along. And the quality or state of being made one, unification. It's not a momentary, we're all one thing, but we're learning to get along. That's what unity is, that we're learning to get along. We're taking the many parts and we're squishing them all together and we're getting along and we're learning how to do that. In the next few weeks, we're going to talk about unity in the church and we're going to do that through the Word of God. And this morning, we're going to do that through John chapter 17. If you have your Bible, hopefully you're there. I'm just going to catch you up a little bit on John 17 because we've had a lot of story that's happened up until this point. Jesus has been born, by the way. I could start before that, but we'll just start with the story of Jesus. Jesus has been born, right? He's lived 33 and almost a half years up until this point in time. He's been around for a while. He's lived a perfect life. He's healed people. He's saved people. He's taught people. And at this point in the story, um, the story's almost over for Jesus here on the planet. We see that um, actually in John 17, that Jesus is praying in, in the Garden of Gethsemane, that he's already had the what we would know as the Last Supper, that he's washed the disciples' feet, and he's headed to the cross. And before he goes to the cross, he leaves dinner and he goes to pray. And, and we know that prayer, right? It's a prayer where Jesus says, Father, if there's any other way, let this cup pass from me. But if not, what's he say? Not my will, but yours be done. I don't, I don't really think it's going to feel awesome to die on the cross, right? I think sometimes we kind of diminish that because Jesus is God and maybe he didn't feel pain like we... He's in a body like us. and He felt pain just like us. And his crucifixion felt a lot like what your crucifixion would feel like. And it doesn't sound like a really fun thing, does it? Anybody sign up today? who just demonstrate for science out in the front lawn like... I don't think anybody's going to sign up for that, right? It doesn't sound fun. It's where Jesus is headed, and he knows that it's not going to be fun, and he's not trying to escape the cross. Jesus orchestrated everything from the beginning of creation to this moment to get to the cross, but he's just double-checking, right? God, if it's still your will, <laughs> I'll go to the cross, but if you've got some other thing, if you can just say, ah, it's no big deal, let's just wipe over sin. If there's any other way that you can still be a just and loving and forgiving God, without the cross we'll we'll do that but if not what's he say not my will but yours be done and for all the gospels except for john that's like the whole prayer that we get but in john he kind of expands out that prayer a little bit and we get to see a little bit more of what jesus prayed in the garden and he prayed a lot of things in the garden as he's sweating these great drops of blood it says that jesus prays for himself if you look at the top of 17 that's a pretty good thing to do by the way if you're about to go be crucified um It says about verse six that Jesus prays for his disciples, prays for these guys, these friends that have been walking around with him for like three years now, and um, they're about to see the craziest thing that they've ever seen. Here's this man who in, in in their minds and their hearts is very much the son of God, that he is the Messiah. He's the one that's supposed to come and he's supposed to save everybody, but in their minds, salvation even though Jesus has talked about it for a while now doesn't come through the cross it comes through Jesus kicking out the Romans and setting up his throne and the kingdom of David and they're going to rule with him on these thrones and That's what they thought they signed up for. And at this moment, they're about to see Jesus, their best friend, who they've been with for three and a half years, who they've seen heal people and save people and teach like nobody's ever taught before. They're about to see this Jesus who they've proclaimed as Messiah die on a cross. And in that moment, they're going to be thinking, how did we get here? Were we wrong? You don't think they thought that? You don't think anybody thought that? This is the plan of God, really? This doesn't make sense that that Jesus would have had to die on the cross to them. It doesn't make any sense. And Jesus knows they're about to see that. And Jesus isn't going to just pop back up 30 minutes later. They're going to have to endure that for a little while. So he prays for these guys. But then he does something kind of awesome. And maybe you know it and maybe you don't. But it says in about verse 20, Jesus prays for all believers. That there's this moment in this prayer before Jesus goes to the cross, just, just hours before the crucifixion, that Jesus prays for all believers, specifically all who would ever believe. Isn't that amazing that right before Jesus goes to the cross, he was praying for all believers, and you get to be part of that today? That in the moments before Jesus went to the cross, he was praying for you. That's crazy. And in 20, it says, I I pray not only for these, these being the disciples, these 11 guys. I know there's 12, but we can make a pretty strong argument. He might not have been part of that. Um, I pray not only for these, these disciples, but also for those who believe in me through their message. I'm not only praying for Peter and James and John and all those other guys that, you know, who knows their name. I'm not only praying for those guys, but I'm praying for everybody in this moment, Father, who will believe through their message. Well, who will believe through their message? Everybody that ever believes, right? See, they're going to be the ones who have walked with Jesus. And as Jesus dies on the cross and comes up in the resurrection and then ascends, they, they carry that story onto the rest of the world. They're, they're kind of the torchbearers of the gospel at this moment. And every person who will ever believe is going to believe out of a story that one of these people tell. And you're like, well, I've never met Peter. No, maybe you haven't, but you've heard Peter's story, right? you never met James or John. No, you haven't. But every story that's ever been told comes through these guys. Every story of the gospel that's ever been told comes through these guys. So, guys, so you are a beneficiary here of this prayer. I pray not only for these, the disciples, but also for those who believe in me. That's all the church, right? If you're not part of the church, maybe that's not you. But if you know Jesus, that's you through their message, in verse 20, we see an amazing thing here. Jesus takes a moment before he's going to go to the cross to pray, not only for himself and not only for the disciples, but for you today. If you know Jesus, verse 20 is for you. Jesus is saying, hey, Father, just for a moment before I go to the cross, I want to take a moment and i want to pray for Nick. I going to pray for Sade, I going to pray for John, I going to pray for Jennifer. I say names, I'm not going to get you all, so I'll just stop there. But, but Jesus took a moment in, in, in the final moments of his life to pray for you. That's a pretty amazing thing. With all the weight of I'm going to go to the cross, with all the weight of I know everything they're about to do to me, with all the weight of they're about to literally put nails in my body, Jesus took a moment to think about you and to pray for you. Whatever Jesus prays here in the next moment has to be a pretty big deal if he's going to take a moment to pray for you before he goes to the cross. And he says, I pray not only for these, the disciples, but also for those who believe in me through their message. If you're part of the church today, that's you. And he says in 21, may they all be good. not there oh must have the wrong version uh may they all go to church may they all only listen to Love when it's created <laughs> may they all know all the Christian songs he doesn't say that may they all read and understand the Bible he doesn't say that what does he say may they all be one isn't that crazy Jesus, moments before he's going to go to the cross, can pray anything to the Father. Like if Jesus can get a if nobody if Jesus can't get a prayer through, nobody can get a prayer through. By the way, uh, he's going to pray to the Father in these moments right before he goes to the cross, and he doesn't waste time praying for that we'll all be good, does he? Or that we'll all get you know like read the Bible more, or that we'll all pray more, or that we'll all do any of these things that we put so much emphasis on that we've been talking about the past few weeks. What does he pray? That we'll all be one. It's like Jesus can see into the future and see the church and tell that maybe we're not all one. The, the reason Jesus prays this is because today this is a prayer we still need. I think really, if we're honest with ourselves, if, if we could say anything the church is marked by, it's, it's that the world sees that we're not one. Right? We, we have churches built on division. That's what it is, right? Right? You ever seen like a blank, blank, blank denomination church? And then like three seconds down the road, you see a new blank, blank, blank denomination church. What is that? It's division. Somebody got mad because the carpet they wanted was red and they got pink and everything blew up. And I got my 25 friends that wanted the pink carpet. And we went down the road and we took the same name because we're still that church. And we put new on it. And we just started over with the pink carpet people because we're the righteous ones right and the world sees that and they say the same thing that you're thinking that's idiotic that's stupid we got better things to worry about than what kind of carpet there is right people that are hungry they don't care that we're fighting over carpet color they don't care people that are lost they don't care that we're fighting over carpet color they they think it's dumb and i think it's dumb Actually, if you even think about it, and this is going to hurt maybe everybody, including me, isn't denominations division? Isn't that just, uh, they don't believe what we believe, so we're going over here, taking my toys, do another one. Isn't that what that is? Isn't it crazy? I don't think when Jesus was like, man, when I have a bride, I want a Baptist bride and a Methodist bride. <laughs> He's, he was all for one wife, so I don't know why he would have multiples. Um, and then, we, we, we treat it still, though, like we, we treat it like we're all going to have little separate sections in heaven, don't we? And in reality, if you can't be a Baptist that stands beside a Methodist, that stands beside a Catholic, then maybe the problem is not with the denominations, maybe the problem is with the church. Um, but Jesus says here, um, Father, I'm about to go to the cross, but I, before I go there, I just have a prayer to send up. Um, let them all be one. Now, I know that um, we've been kind of hitting on the the global church, but let's just think about us today. Well, what is oneness? What is that unity that we talked about? Well, it's taking many parts, right? And you're part of many, by the way, and making them one. And Jesus says, let them be one. And then he he puts some added awesome on it. And he says, um, as you, Father are in me and I'm in you. Let them be one like we are one. Let the church be one like we are one. Now you could you could global that all you want, but let's just be honest. We're the only people hearing it today, so it's probably just for us. Maybe say into this room today in this prayer, Father, let them be one. As me and you are one. Let everybody in the room today be one as you and I are one. Now, that, that we could just blow this up today, right, and spend forever on this because we could get into the complexities of the Trinity. Unfortunately, I'm not smart enough for that. So I'm just going to say that we believe in the Trinity, right? That there is one God. If somebody ask you today, how many gods are there? There's one God. There's one God. I believe that. And that God is three persons. Isn't that crazy? I don't understand that. Do you? Not not to the depth of it. I don't get that. You, you can act like you get that. You don't get that. You're gonna get to heaven. You're gonna be oh my gosh, Woo, I did not know that. That is what you meant by that. So I'm not gonna try to dig down into that well today because because I, I don't I don't really get that. But I know there is one God. And that God is three persons, and that person is the Father who Jesus is talking to, right? And, and the Son, who is Jesus and the Holy Spirit. And he, he didn't talk about him because he was speaking to a mostly church audience, and most churches don't even talk about the Holy Spirit. So he just left him out for our comfort today. Um, but he says, let them be one as we are one. Now, what's awesome to me is the, don't all the parts of the Godhead have like individuality? If they didn't, they would all be the same, right? The father and the father and the father. Because they're all the same. Or the son and the son and the son. We worship the son and the son and the son. It's one God and three persons, and they're all the same person. Try to get into that. Woo, that'd be rough. They're all individual, right? There's the father, he's got a role. There's the son, and he's got a role. And the Holy Spirit, he's got a role. By the way, side note here, not a lesser God not a, a closet god that we only talk about in in special moments but he's part of the godhead and he has the same equality there and they all have different roles don't they i've heard it explained before and i don't, I don't even know if this touches it again I, th- I think it's a simplification but what what is steam it's just a really hot water right still water just really hot individual it's its own thing but at the end of the trail it's all water and then water is just like wet water right normal temperature water whatever that is and what is ice at the end of the trail it's just what cold water it's all water it's all individual it's all different it's all got a role maybe you can think of it that way today it's simplification but just to go with it for us today and and i think really what he's saying today is it's okay for you to be an individual. If you got red hair, have red hair. You don't have to dye them all the same. Everybody don't have to have the same haircut today. Praise the Lord. Amen, hallelujah, right? If we all had to get Caleb's haircut, it'd be rough. <laughs> I'm headed that way, but some of you women would look funny, right? Like, <laughs> this is what it is. Some of you, beautiful, right? Like, just got the perfect curve. I've got a weird dent right here. It wouldn't look as good on me. I was thinking about this week so I know, I was feeling around. Um, some of you look great on, some of you wouldn't, right? Thank the Lord he didn't say everybody has to get the same haircut today. He didn't say everybody has to wear the same clothes today, did he? Individuality, if you like jeans, wear jeans. If you like shorts, wear shorts, that doesn't matter. I don't think God's saying everybody be a clone of that other person. Everybody have the same piercings in the same places. Right? Everybody get the same eyebrow shapeage. Everybody wear the same makeup. I'd be in trouble, John. Um, right. He didn't say we couldn't be individuals. You're allowed to be an individual in the church. You can be that. You know why? Because there's things that make you you that that would greatly benefit the church. Some of you have talents and abilities and, and you have a way of thinking about things that that we need in the church that's why god has woven you in this place amen holly i'll just go i'll go for it myself um there are things that you can do that that has caused god to place you in this place you know why everybody in the church is not a preacher because we're already here long enough We, we don't need 45 people to get up here and do the same thing right you know why everybody in the church is not a singer because worship would be real long then, right? You know why everybody in the church is not gifted with the ability to, I don't know, teach. Just sew anything you want there on it. Sign language. I, I know like four words, and Emily taught me all of them. Like, everybody can't do that, but she could do that, right? You know why everybody in the church is not a good cook because gluttony is a sin, right? Like, you know, like, <laughs> we we all have things that make us unique and those things that make us unique are actually a benefit to the church. And and what God's saying here is not everybody do and act and be the same way. He's not saying that when he says be one, you're allowed to have opinions. Do you know that you are? Your opinion is not more important than the gospel. Your opinion is not more important than unity in the church. Your opinion is not more important than your brother's salvation or their or their feelings. I'll just be honest. It's okay to be right, but it's wrong if you do it the wrong way. If you have to wield your righteousness uh, as a sword and hurt your brother, that's wrong. You don't need to win the argument. You need to win your brother. And he's saying here, it's okay to be an individual, right? The son had a different role than the father. The father didn't step down to die on the cross. That wasn't his role. It's okay to have a different role. It's okay to be an individual. But at the end of the day, we all have one mission, Right? father and son they have a different mission they have different pools was the father like no i want to do salvation this way and the son was like no i really want to do it this way no they have the same mission same purpose same plan that's what he's saying about unity in the church right you can have an opinion but if your opinion supersedes the mission and the purpose and the plan you're wrong but i want pink carpet how dumb is that At the end of the day, we boil it down. Are more or less people going to get saved because there's pink carpet than red carpet? The answer is no, if you didn't know. The answer is no. So does it matter? Is it worth having a new overflow semi-Baptist church on there? No. It's coining a new denomination, by the way. It's mine. Don't take it. (laughs) Just let them be one. Just as we are one as you are in me and I'm in you, let them be that way. And here is why, because that's hard, right? Sometimes it it's fun to be right. I know because I like to argue sometimes, but don't always. But when I do, I'm good at it. It's fun to be right Sometimes. But you willed it the wrong way and it's a problem. Is it easy to get along with your family? Is it easy to get along with your church? No, because we're all people. We all have different backgrounds and histories and opinions and thoughts and theologies, some of us. But it doesn't supersede God's prayer for us to be one. Actually, um to fight against oneness in the church is to fight against the prayer of Jesus. I just want to say that again, some of you maybe write that. To fight against oneness in the church is to fight against the prayer of Jesus. You ever met somebody in the church that just they want to tear everything up? They 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 don't like anything, right? I'm going to complain about this, and then I'm going to complain about this, and I'm going to complain about this. I've been to those churches. You didn't put that chair back in the right spot. Well, bless the Lord, somebody's going to hell now. You know? Isn't it silly? But it's what we do. Actually, we we fight over everything, don't we? I don't like that music. It's 4,000 churches in East Knoxville. Surely somebody's got your music. Let's not try to split a church, right? If you don't like the one you're in, go to another one. It's wrong. That's consumer mentality. Um, but you can do it. But you've met those people that like they don't like anything, right? It's like I'm always unhappy. Isn't that an issue? Listen to what, listen to what Jesus prays. He says, may they all be one as you, Father, are in me and I'm in you. Listen to this. May they also be one. How? In us. What he's saying here is the thing that unifies the church is greater than the thing that separates the church. Right? If we're ever going to be one, because it's hard to be one, we have to be one in Jesus, in a relationship with God. Right? that's that's what he says may they be one not in their opinion on the carpet or one in their opinion on the music or one in what version of the bible they like to use or one in any of those other things like those are the things we huddle around in the church right that's my music people that's my bible people that's my pews people i don't know why you'd go to pews but you know whatever they're not comfortable um maybe that's your thing um but we want to find all these other things to unify around in the church and you wonder why churches are falling apart and it's because we're all unifying around the wrong thing the thing that Jesus says to unify around is Jesus may they all be one in, in, in Jesus see when we can wrap around that as a church right just like as we wrap our life around the treasure that is Jesus individually everything else will work its way out if we wrap our church around Jesus everything else will work its way out amen hallelujah that's that's true if we wrap our church around Jesus, everything else will work its way out because in reality, if our mission, our purpose, and our plan is God has said to go and to make disciples and God has said to win the world, what we're doing is not trying to find our preferences but trying to reach people out there. God, I know what you said and I know who you are and I want to worship you and I can do that no matter how we meet in this place. I just want to be part of what you're saying and part of what you're doing. That's why Jesus prays that. Let them be one, not in all these other things that don't matter, but let them be one in us. And then he says this crazy thing. So the world. So the world may believe you sent me. What's the purpose of unity in the church? So the world will believe. Not just so the world will believe the church is a good church, right? Or so the world will believe that we're Christians, but so the world will actually believe that the father sent the son. That's the way of unity in the church. That's the call of unity in the church. God, let them be one. I'm praying before I go to the cross, I'm about to die for their sins individually, let them let them collect. Let them gather. Let them get together. Let them let them agree about me. Let, let them come together and build their lives and community around, around me. Because the power of the church, I'm going to be honest, is not in you living at, at, at work. There's power in, in your relationship at that moment. But God never meant for us just to walk in the doors, to find a seat, to not speak to anybody, and then to do the worship thing on our own because it's a personal thing, right? And then and then to, to hear the message and, and to collect and to sort through on our own because it's a personal thing, and then to sing the response song and respond if I need to, and then and then leave. He never meant for us to do that. That's what we have made, church. That's not a unified church, by the way. That's what we've made it. That's not what it is, right? Oh, I get along with everybody. That's because you don't know anybody. Right? Like, it's not hard to get along with people you never speak to, Um Well, what happens in Acts, like the first day the church happens, what's it say about the church? Let me just paraphrase it. They lived life together, and every day there are more and more people being added. God is unity, right? Father, Son, Holy Spirit, one God, but God is also community. God is unity. He's one purpose, mission, plan, but God is also three persons. And if God, who is one, decides to live in community, right? Then how does it supers- how, how does that speak to us that, oh, we're going to be individuals that don't need the church? How is that the same? It's not. See, in reality, here's the cool thing this morning. God's called us to do the church thing in community. Amen. You can't do it on your own, can you? I'm speaking to you, brother. You can't do it on your own, can you? I can't either. That's why I need you, right? I text you. Do you, not, do you get them? You text me, I get them. We're doing community is what we do. Right? And it's easier. How many days, just speaking right here, we're playing it out. I didn't tell you we're doing this. So we're doing it. How many days have I texted you and said, pray for me? How many days have you done the same? It helps, doesn't it? It does. I need you. I can't do it on my own. i to be honest, neither can you. You can't do it on your own. How many of us have issues that nobody around us knows about? I don't tell anybody because I don't want them to judge me. You just haven't found the right person yet, maybe. But isn't it hard? Isn't it hard? Oh, I don't want people to think bad about me. Killing yourself. We're all individuals with individual problems and individual needs and individual hurts. And, and we got that. Maybe nobody's going to understand on the level that I understand on. But it, it doesn't mean that God didn't put us here for community. See, the power of that community in the church is finding that tribe of people, right? Those people you trust in and you love and you hang out with and you... you, you do this jesus thing with the power in that is is people see that your neighbors they're going to notice right when your church people roll up in the yard at the barbecue you invited your neighbors to and all you're doing sitting around talking about jesus right i mean this is going rough in my life but man jesus did the thing that's people notice that people notice uh, the conversations at the taco bell right they're <laughs> sitting around talking about jesus People notice that. People notice when we, when we love the people that are around us and when we don't. People notice when we share our hurts and when we don't. People notice when we, when we live in community and when we don't. God is an individual. And I'm not trying to take your individuality away today. But God is also Community. And God invites us, and when he, when he calls us out of darkness into salvation, right? He also calls us out of aloneness into community. And we can choose to spend that, right? Like fighting with each other about everything that we don't like, or we can maybe just invest in the people around us and get to know that they're real people too. And maybe the reason they are so jacked up and I can't stand them is because they've had a really hard life. what they need is not my judgment and my criticism from my high place looking down what they need is a brother is some community to come in and to say you know what i don't understand what you've been through but i can walk with you and when those things happen that's the things that call the world to take notice that man maybe there is something to this jesus thing because here's the reality. I see that they don't look alike. I see they don't dress alike and they don't act alike. And uh, there's no real reason they should even be together, but they love each other for some reason. And maybe that'll cause them to dig down into the well of Jesus. Because here's something maybe you didn't know this morning everybody on this planet's looking for love today. Amen. That's true people marching in the streets you saw on the news yesterday what they really want is love people sitting around on Twitter ranting because people are marching in the streets what they really want is love everybody's looking for it rich people poor people good people bad people what they really want is love and and, and what is the greatest love that's ever existed who is that? That's Jesus. And the world's just waiting for us to display that. So this is what Jesus says. You take it and do with it what you want to today. I pray not only for these, but also for those who believe in me. That's you through their message. May they all be one. May they all be one. Not may they all be distant, but may they all be one. Not may they all be in the same room, but may they all be one. As you, Father, are in me and I am in you, may they also be one in us around the banner and the name and the flag that is Jesus. Here's why so the world may believe you sent me. We're going to be talking about unity the next few weeks. I think it's safe to say today that we can see that Jesus' goal for the church is unity, right? So I want you to pray about something today with me. Um, Maybe one of two things, maybe one of a few things. But one, um, how can I be a unifying church member? How can I be a church member that builds up those people around me? How can I be a church member that instead of pulling everybody back can walk forward together? How can I be a church member that loves the people that sat near me, right? How can I be a church member that that gets involved in the mission, the purpose, and the plan of God? How can I be a unifying church member? And then maybe for some of us today, maybe we've been the other thing, right? And today maybe just, God, how? Who today, Jesus, can I make amends with so that we can be one as you're one? Let's pray.